Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ebris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Welcome to episode 6 of Roll With Adventure's flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. And today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. Now, this episode begins on the morning of the 29th of Morgren, in the year 1083 PR. Our heroes are in the small city of Dwemer Hollow, and have just enjoyed a long rest within the relative safety of the house on Sapphire Lane. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. For those listeners unfamiliar with player initiative, you roll a d20, and depending on how dexterous you have been during the last week or so, you add a plus two for up to fantastically dexterous moves, or you minus up to two for the not the dex- most dexterous of moments. So, how have each of our players been this past week? First, I'm going to go with the, um, an easy negative two. Uh, last Tuesday, I was going to go set up some pumpkins on the balcony. And uh, at least one of them hit the ground um, about two stories down. So we're short a pumpkin. Um, so negative two for me. I'm going to continue the uh, pumpkin woes, though I'm only going to give myself a negative one. Uh, I did carve all of the toddler pumpkins. They are not pretty. Apparently, I'm very, very bad at this. And they requested very difficult things. So they wanted a full galaxy in one of them. I made some things that were vaguely star-shaped. And then something that was kind of maybe a crescent moon. Um, So yeah, I'll take a negative one for my bad pumpkins carving skills. Meanwhile, I hung out with my nieces this weekend. And uh, had to do a whole dancing around three small children while they washed their hands. But somehow managed to get the baby's hands into the sink under some soap, scrubbed, and and uh, dried. So I'm going to take a plus two. We get pluses for that? Because I do that every single day, and I should have a plus two. Only if it's a it. rare occasion. Okay, dang it. People listening to this are going to think it's so weird that we're talking about Halloween in December, but today my dad came by and helped set up a candy shoot 
we did it physically distanced. So he was outside and I was inside. I was uh, doing what needed to be done to secure the chute to the upper floor window while he worked on securing it to the ground. And I did not fall out of the window. So I feel like I'm going to take a plus one for leaning out of the window and, and not falling out of it. Now let's see your rolls. I got 11. 18. Four. Three. <laughs> did you really roll a natural one? I sure did. <laughs> we'll start with Allie. With 18, then Sasha, then David, and then Brian. My name's Allie. I'm playing Kawari Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath paladin. And my mother was murdered, and my father was executed. I said that in far too cheerful a voice, but that's a thing that happened to Kawari when they were young. I'm Sasha. I play Phalith, the half-elven bard who can speak to and was raised by ghosts. Uh, Faelith had a pet when she was a child. She found him when she was about seven years old. Uh, he was a squirrel who had been horribly mutilated and dismembered. She found his little uh, desiccated corpse uh, and discovered his little squirrely ghost hanging around it. So she hung him from his belt, her belt, uh, so that the little ghost squirrel could follow her around for a while. It went quite well until uh, a hawk stole the body. Yes. Traumatizing. <laughs> She's very sad. <laughs> she named him Chris. My name is David, and I am playing Yovin Savvy J. Coperson. Uh, though he fondly remembers his time at the Abbey when he was initially brought there, uh, he was brought there kicking and screaming and attempted to escape every day for the first six months. And I'm Brian. I'm playing Melian Barebone, who appears to be a mid-twenties half-elf with a horrible scar on his face. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's the whole... I don't have an amusing anecdote. Sorry. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. Our story begins this morning. Begins the morning of the 29th of Morgren. You each awaken in the house Sapphire Lane. Faileth and Melian, you're sharing the room that faces out onto the street on the second story. Two twin-sized beds are inside that room. Jovan. You've ensconced yourself, as usual, in the master bedroom of the house. Or at least what you presume is the master bedroom. In Quarry, your room, though sparsely uh, decorated, greeted you this morning with a rather interesting surprise. The sun streaming through walls that were almost transparent. Whoa. That is so cool. Quarry is very, very happy. What order would you guys have awoken? How early do each of you awaken? Faileth wakes up crazy early. Like, probably still nighttime early. Oh. Quarry gets up with the sun. 
in that time before the sun comes up because Cory likes to watch the sunrise. Yulvin uh, would come up probably exactly with the sun. Um, so shortly after Cory. Melian will sleep as long as you let him. So faileth. I think that means that you will awaken before anyone else here. Excellent. I'm going exploring. As I expected. Oh yeah. So how early would you say you awaken? Probably like 3 a.m.? 4? Morgren is the 10th month of the year. So it's actually about late October. If we were to look at Earth, it would be about late October. So sunrise is going to be in in quite a while. So yeah, you definitely have some time to explore this house. Excellent. Uh, yeah, she'll she'll wake up pretty early. Um, she's going to whisper, Melian, are you awake? And when he isn't, uh, she's going to slip out of the room and start t- taking a look around. She's very curious. Mostly she wants to find the puppies, but uh, she also wants to see what's going on here. So you know that the puppies followed Jovan back uh, to his room. She has no interest in opening that door. Wait, they got up the ladder? Oh no, they totally haven't. I've been always thinking that they've just been pushing Jovan out of his bed. Huh, where would the puppies be? They're clearly downstairs, because they cannot climb up a ladder. The puppies are probably downstairs if you'd like to go through the trap door. Hooray, downstairs puppies! Uh, She does want to find them, but she's also super curious about what else is on the top floor. So, across from you from your, your room is the door that should lead to the bathroom. Otherwise, there is a small window directly to your left that theoretically should look directly into the side of another house, but appears to not. And then the hallway goes longer. And at its end, from your perspective, you can see two doors, one on the left and one at the very end, of which Jovan vanished into the one on the left and Quarry went into the other. All right, so that more or less takes care of what's all upstairs. She might, uh, she would definitely avoid the bathroom because she doesn't want to get tricked into bathing again. So yeah, she would go downstairs to see if she could find the dogs. You climb down the stairs and you see that the kitchen is, it's dark. There isn't any light in here, aside from a little bit of moonlight filtering through the uh, windows. The light is very dim, clearly, as the new moon approaches. Tolmy, the Grey Mother, does not shed as much light. So the grayish light of night isn't as strong, but let me check to see how full is the purple child. The purple child is half full, so the world is bathed in a sort of amethyst light. It's her favorite kind of light. It's soft, but it's also a light that you know plays tricks. Just like you. Looking around the kitchen, 
You know it just as it has been before. You see that there is the door that leads out. Out into the inner courtyard where the bath will likely be. As it was there earlier. Ugh, bath. And then there is also a hallway. If she doesn't see the dogs in here, she would definitely go down the hallway. So taking down the hallway, you are heading towards the main entryway of the house. You don't see them sitting in front of the, or laying in front of the front door, so perhaps they're in the small side room off of it, where you did see a fireplace. Yeah, she'll peek in there. You do see one of the dogs curled up in front of the fireplace there. The fireplace looks like it was lit at some point, though you don't actually remember Jovan lighting it, and it appears to have moved down to embers and coals. She'll go in and start giving the puppy scritches. A puppy is very happy for scritches. Very happy. She gives it a thorough scratching and then keeps looking around to see if she can find the other one. Okay, can I have a perception check sure Ooh, that's a good roll what's my perception uh it's a, tw- a dirty 20. looking around you sort of wander a little bit you pace along the wall the hall back and forth towards the kitchen you open the door slightly to look out into the courtyard and you see that the dog is just sitting in the middle of the courtyard, staring up at the moon, it looks like. The tiniest sliver of it, that is, that remains. Uh, she'll pad over to it, sit down next to it, and say, You're very introspective for a dog. And the dog will nuzzle into you. And as the dog does, you think that you see something move out of the corner of your eye. Hello? Is there anyone else out here? You don't receive an answer. I will stand up and go and see if I can see anything. Over in the shadow of the bathhouse, where the light of the moon doesn't fall, you think that you see something. But as you look at it, it's sort of... Your vision distorts a bit, as if you can't really make out what it is. To you, the closest thing that your mind can grasp is it looks like it's perhaps a spider about the size of your hand. Its body, that is. Ah, you're a big little crawler. But it has thousands of legs, all moving in different ways. As you approach it, you see it skitter, and it sort of skitters up and starts to move up higher, climbing up the wall out of the light. Where are you going, you eight-legged friend? I guess not eight-legged, are you? Many-legged friend? Tons of legs friend? You see it sort of stop. You almost think that it might understand you. Are you a talking spider? And then you see it start crawling higher up until it stops at a place where it just stops up on the wall. And there's a sort of weird shimmer and a window starts to form. You see the stucco of the wall slowly pull back. There's a small little pop as it does. An aperture forms. 
before the stucco seems to almost push out and form into wooden trim around the window. And suddenly there is a window where there wasn't. Slightly open. This thing crawls inside. Well, that's a neat trick. I'm going to look through the window. So this window is probably, I would say, about, like, three stories up. So you could try and climb up to it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Give me an athletics check. Let no one ever say that Faileth stopped to think about what she was doing before she did it. Athletics. Oh, it's a plus zero. Let's see what we are adding. That plus zero to. Oh, it's a two. So you climb probably about five feet up and your arms start getting really, really tired. And you just, you can't pull yourself up anymore. If it was a tree, you'd be able to do it like that. At least that's what you tell yourself. It's all this indoors business we've been doing lately. I'm losing my edge. Yeah. Maybe if you had more light. Uh, or in the day, if maybe if there's someone to help boost you. Might be able to help. I'll just ask Malian to boost me up there later and see what it's come from. Uh, can I kind of tell by looking at it where it looks like the window is going into? Based off your understanding of the house... Because this is, imagine, say, an actual, it's like a courtyard surrounded mm. by wall. This wall that surrounds the courtyard on all four sides appears to be the house. Except you're only accessing what's on the front street facing. So this accesses, this window appears to access something else. Something that I didn't see when I was looking around? Yeah. Alright. Based off of the geometry of this house... It does not make sense. Well, Phyllis never been one for math. Uh, she's going to go, huh, well, that's weird. And then head back inside to play with the dog until someone else wakes up and maybe she can convince them to make her breakfast. Sounds good. You probably, after a while of playing with the dog also, uh, maybe fall a bit drowsy, drowsily leaning against the dog and sleep a little bit. Maybe just a little bit more. Sleep is for the weak. Next, Kawari, you will awaken. You awaken as a bit before the first, what you think should be the first rays of dawn. And as you begin to prepare yourself, something rather strange happens. In the distance, looking at a wall, you see the wall sort of shimmer and go a bit translucent as the first rays of dawn come in from the east. Do you mean to say that I wake up to the room that I remembered going to sleep in with no windows and just mm -hmm. the skylight, and then as I'm looking as the light, as the outside light hits the wall, the wall becomes translucent? Yes. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Quarry kind of rubs their eyes gets out of bed, stretches, does, you know, like, feels their feet on the floor and and just really tries hard to make sure that they're actually awake. Um, and looks really hard at the wall. Is it still translucent? Yep. Strangely, 
it's not translucent in a way that, say, you can see the city around, but you can see the sun in the distance. So it's it's not like looking out a window. It's like mm-hmm. having a view of the countryside that I shouldn't have. Yeah. Huh. Quarry will gingerly place a hand against the wall? It's solid. Well, <clears throat> this is very strange. I'll have to remember to ask Jovan about it. Some sort of magic. This house seems unusual. But Quarry, not... I mean, knowing that magic is a thing that exists and not knowing much about this house and not having seen Jovan in a long time is not really going to think much of it um, and is instead going to sit down on the floor facing the sunlight and begin reciting the lumen. As you're reciting the lumen, that will probably be around the same time that uh, the light comes through an actual window to Jovan and awakens him. Uh, he had took a little while um, just doing his normal morning ritual. Um, short prayer to stole, and then would uh, get himself up and dressed and head down to the kitchen. Faileth, uh, you hear that there is movement upstairs and someone has come, and you do hear the trap doors, which sounds like someone has come down to the kitchen. I will head over to the kitchen and see what I can find. Yeah, you'd find uh, Jovan poking through the cupboards with just an air of curiosity. Um, maybe uh, digging a little bit harder than he did last night, trying to find something else, and eventually resigned, pulling out some strange breads you're not familiar with, and uh, some sort of off-brown sp- um, spread. I turn around, notice you to come in. Good morning, Jovan. Your house is weird. Can we have breakfast? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have um, toast and... Hey, look at the spread. This. What is it? We'll find out together. Ooh, adventure toast. What are you doing down here so early? Oh, I always wake up quite early. So You have to wake up before the things that are going to steal your food come and get them, you know. And I'm used to, you know, waking up because the fire's burned out or something, and I guess I'm just used to it. I played with your dogs a bit, and your house made a new window. It was very strange. There was a spider thing with like a billion legs, and I'd like to climb up and see where it goes, because it doesn't make a lot of sense where it is. But I can't do it by myself, because it's not a tree. So I'm going to see if Melian will boost me up later. Uh, Jovan's face would go through uh, a whole roller coaster. Uh, you mentioned the window, and he had just... Uh, life, like, just exhausted. Uh, tiredness creep into his expression. Um reach out to a, a notebook that's on the counter and you mention the spider and his eyes would light up uh, and immediately almost before you finished talking he would be out uh, running out to the area that you were just in trying to see if he could spot it ah uh, she'd follow you and point up see there it is that's a new window it's going to some place that I don't think exists there is a window very clearly where there wasn't before when Jovan looks to the window what does he see uh, it is three stories up. Can he identify where the window would be from the exterior? Does he recognize the buildings outside of it? It does not line up with any of the rooms you know of in the house. Right. Am I looking at 
three stories up in my neighborhood? Or Interestingly, the courtyard looks like it is all the same house around it. Right. Um, he would uh, hurriedly start scribbling into the notebook that he's brought with him and then poke his head out the window. You said there was a spider. Can you... What kind of spider was it? Was it... It was a weird spider. It was like... Like... It was hard to see. I didn't think there was anything there at first, but then I saw that had like a billion legs instead of just eight, which is more legs than spiders usually have. But I mean, it could just be like a monster spider. There's weirder stuff. And you said it went through here? Mm -hmm. It climbed up the wall and then it turned into the window. Jovan would pull his head out and run his finger along the window frame. I'm assuming oh, no, no. Uh, when I was saying I was saying that the window is three stories up. So it's like you can point to oh, it, but you can't I reach see. it. Got yeah. you. Misunderstand. Yeah, that's why I want Melian to boost me up there later. Right. Yovin would carefully consider the window, then gently put down the notebook, turn to Faileth. I want you to stay still for just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Right. And he's going to go upstairs to get his climbing kit. And you come back downstairs with your climbing kit. Probably as you're coming out of your room is when Kawari comes out. Morning, Kawari. Surprised I didn't see you a little earlier. We have um, bread and spread downstairs. Uh, feel, feel free to... Right. It's very clear that he's entirely distracted. Um, before he even finishes the sentence, he's already climbing down the ladder. Allie, you're muted. Oh, I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh god. Oh, so when Jovan said uh, that they were surprised that they didn't see Quarry, Quarry had said that it was because they were reciting the lumen, and then as you were about to head down the ladder, they had asked whether you had a moment for a question. Uh, all morning. Um, uh, he says this after he's and immediately following that, his head goes to the trap door. Uh, Quarry looks doubtfully in the direction of their bedroom, not entirely sure that the wall will continue to be as it is, but um, goes downstairs. You would uh, find Yovan down there checking for the studs in the walls and hammering uh, pittance into um, the more sturdy sections of the wall. As he looks like he's able to, to scale up it. Is there something the matter? There's a new window! Hmm. We're going to climb it. I may have gotten the first genuine clue about how this damned house functions in months. I'm not going to let it whittle away again. Is it always this weird? It's usually... No. No, it's been acting up more since you lot moved in. I'm not surprised. It was most active when I first settled in as it tried to adjust. And oh, it so it's quiet. just getting used to us. That makes sense. Hello, house! House does not reply. <laughs> How rude. Yuvan is focused and like almost uh, definitely a very intense expression. He is almost angry but excited. Anyway, as soon as he's able, he starts um, scaling up the wall towards the window. Okay. Uh, give me a athletics check with your proficiency bonus because you're using your climbing kit and uh, give and have advantage for it. For sure. 
And while you're starting to do that, Quarry, uh, while you look around, you notice that Melian isn't awake. Or mm. isn't down here and out here with Faileth, at least. And Jovan did just say that Faileth was also going to climb up with him. No, 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 no. I'm not taking Faileth up. <laughs> oh. You definitely are. I'm definitely climbing up with you. Um, Quarry will keep a watchful eye on Faileth, but it hasn't been Quarry's habit to, I don't know, mother hen Faileth, so they'll just just keep an eye. Maybe hover a bit underneath in case uh, Faileth falls and needs catching or something like that, but won't do anything to stop her. I'm a very good climber. I'll be fine. <laughs> 11 and 17. You are able to scale all the way up to the window. As he's climbing up, uh, he'll be shouting questions down to, to Faleth and so, when did the when did the spider show up? Was there anything else that occurred um, at the time? And halfway through, he stops himself and says, uh, the book on the table, um, fourth page in, just, just write it down. And then turns his attention back to climbing. Uh, she writes down that uh, whatever position the moon would have been in at the time, because she doesn't really tell time the uh, clock way. And then uh, draws a little picture of the spider. It's like a little disc, and then you've just drawn like a whole bunch of like lines off of it. So many legs. <laughs> yeah. If you flip through the book, you'd find um, what almost could be a blueprint but it's been scribbled out and erased and like lines drawn from sections to other sections with annotations a little bit too scribbled to properly read um, it doesn't look like anything drawn by anyone saying can I claim off now so Jovan you have gotten up to the window the window is closed you would look through it before opening it looking into it it appears to open into a a room that seems to have furniture of some kind that is covered in cloth. Like, white cloth has been put over it. And everything appears to be covered in layers of dust. You would carefully crack the window open? Uh, can I get a strength check? Oh, no. <laughs> um, ah, uh, no. Eight. Uh, after modifier, uh, also eight. <laughs> so uh, you struggle to uh, try and open the window, but because of how you're climbing kitted up, getting the leverage to try and open the window is really hard. Perhaps someone smaller than you would have a better time doing it, because they might Ooh, be able I can to help. put more weight on the uh, uh, windowsill. But... What's directly below the window? Uh, it looks like it just uh, floor, and possibly a rug. Mm, tempted to just break it, but y Jovan seriously considers it um, before eventually looking uh, resigned. He, he looks for something to affix uh, one end of a bit of rope to and lets the rope down. Do I get to come up now? I could use a bit of help, and I think that core these pitten, uh, pitons? 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 Pitons. Pitons. These pittens won't quite hold Quarry's weight. I'm very small. I can do it. Look. Look how fast I go. You um, promise I to be very careful, yes? Climb up. Very fast. 
Uh, with the rope and everything that Jovan's done to affix it, yeah, you're able to climb up quite easily and get up to the window. Ooh, that's a pretty room. What door is that? I thought I saw all the doors. I don't know. We'll probably find out together. I've never actually caught the police making making these. Uh, I've never caught one quite as fresh as this. Oh, you've never seen the spider? I'm assuming I haven't ever seen the spider. No, you haven't. No. You just Maybe go need out to get up and earlier. then <laughs> you just go out, uh, and then when you'd come back, something would be different in the house. When you first came, there wasn't even a st- an oven. Do you think you can get this window open safely? Oh, sure. Um, I'm going to try to get the window open. I'm not too uh, worried about doing it safely. <laughs> uh, can you ha- uh, please do so with advantage? All right, what do you want me to roll? Uh, this will be a strength check. Oh, good. I'm so great at this. My <laughs> <laughs> powers combined. I get a whole plus zero to that. So with advantage, that's an eight, and then a... Oh, hey, a 17. You push against it, and you get it up a bit, and it gets stuck, and then you're able... But with that little bit more leverage, you're able to push it all the way up. It's open! Yovan would, would scramble inside, um, pause for a moment, and then look for something more sturdy to affix the rope to, so that Cory might be able to get up as well. Faelith goes inside, too, and immediately starts exploring. Uh, so the room before you appears to be about a... A 20 by 30 foot room. It's big. And there appears to be furniture scattered around it. What might be a couch, a table, a few larger chairs, and a large fireplace. There are rows of bookshelves, but there don't have any books in them. And everything is covered in a thick layer of dust. Assuming that he is able to find something uh, more sturdy to affix the rope to, uh, mm-hmm. he tossed out behind him, and yelled to Cory to bring the notebook up with you. First thing he's probably inspect is the fireplace, because if I remember correctly, there isn't a chimney on the outside of the house. No, there isn't. Um, being careful to not get a uh, eye full of suit, uh, he's going to peek up the chimney. It just goes up into darkness. You don't see light up there. He's going to go back and inspect the actual windowsill itself. Uh, Faelith had mentioned that the spider turned into the window. Um, I'm assuming there's nothing out of the ordinary there. It's wood? It looks like the same wood as the rest of the house? I, I didn't I didn't clear it, but I'm assuming that him bringing carpenters up, tools up with him wouldn't be too crazy. Yeah, that's not too uh, crazy. No. He's going to Actually, see... let's say yes, it is crazy. Oh, that's pretty wild. All right. <laughs> let's say uh, that Faelith. that is crazy. If anything, so that I can get someone to go back upstairs and wake up Melian. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um... Melian could have just heard Faelith shouting from the corridor, too. I bet he's relatively attuned to her voice. Yovan would turn towards Faelith. Um... That's entirely possible. Melian, if you'd like, you could have heard Faelith and woken up. <sighs> What is she yelling about? And then you hear something about, I'm going to be climbing up there soon after you, or something like that. (laughs) In Phelous' voice, in the distance. (laughs) Look at how fast I'm climbing. I'm not even using the safety harness. (laughs) 
Did Yovin say something about Quarry climbing up as well? Uh, yeah, I secured, uh, resecured the rope to something inside the room. Um, okay. Cast willing and, and t- retossed the rope out. And okay. asked you to bring the notebook up. Quarry will bring the notebook up. As soon as you get to the window, um, you'd find Yovin uh, looking at Fela, a finger up, trying to articulate a warning to, to stay put. And then <laughs> you would catch him just as he realizes that there was nothing that he could say that she would actually listen to anyways. Mm-hmm. And so he just dips out the window and slides down the rope he just came up. Oh, Fela okay. starts pulling covers off the furniture. Corey's like, I brought the book. Did you... Nope, okay. So there is a large couch. It looks uh, ornately... It looks like a quite ornate and uh, well-to-do couch. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if Faelith's ever seen a couch before. Probably not a nice one. Yeah, so th- this like the wood uh, is ornately carved, uh, and uh, the cushions are hand-stitched from the looks of it. Um, it doesn't smell musty, uh, but as you pull the cover off, dust scatters into the air. You then... Corey, look how fancy this bed is. It's really short, though. I don't like if you rolled over, you'd rolled right off it. I didn't know who's supposed to sleep on this. I believe it's a couch for sitting upon, like a very comfortable chair. Really? Not you put to the that kind much of money and work into something you sit on. Indeed. Woo, she's gonna bounce on it. It is quite bounceable. Oh, it's comfy. It is quite comfortable. Melian, not to... being a morning person, like finally gets down the ladder. His weapons are like askew, but they're attached to him at least. And he's like, "What is happening?" House is adjusting. It's being more blatant this time. Uh, Corey and Faith are, are in there. Uh, rope up the side of the wall. <clears throat> Careful about the. Faith is with the paladin. Hey, All right, hey. where's food? <laughs> uh, bread and spread on the counter. Um, this is all Yovan as he's already climbing up the ladder to his room to grab uh, his equipment. And yeah, Melian will start making himself some food because he trusts okay. the paladin. Uh, so you make yourself some food. Uh, it's the rather delicious uh, bread that seems like it was probably baked very recently. Might want to thank whoever did that. And this preserve, it has a sort of nutty taste to it. But it's not hazelnuts because I know that the I know that you dislike them, Brian, so I'm not making your character have them. (laughs) Thank you, I appreciate that. I was immediately like, is it Nutella? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming peanut butter from the description so far. Or something like that. Fantasy peanut butter. Yeah. (laughs) Almond spread? And then Melian, once he sort of gets himself some food, he makes one for Faleth and starts to head to where apparently she is. So you come out into the courtyard, and there is a rope out of a window on the third story of the house. And you can uh, see there are pittens, or at least pitten marks, in the wall, in the stucco of the wall all the way up. <laughs> Melian frowns perplexedly, uh, holding a piece of bread covered in spread in one hand, and, uh, and nothing in the other. Like, then shrugs, because whatever, city folk are weird, and just one-handed starts to like pull himself up just coiling the rope around his arm as he <laughs> still holding the piece of bread like a like a waiter like a very fancy waiter as he just 
Uh, based <laughs> off your background, I'm not even going to have you roll for doing this. <laughs> uh, you you just you you get yourself up to the top. You get one Wait, arm does in. He have a background as a fancy waiter. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to wait and find out. Oh, dang. Faileth, breakfast. But a spider made this room, and I want to see what else. Look at this couch! Yeah, Isn't yes, it cool? I, I'm, I brought the breakfast to you. I know how you are. <gasps> oh, thank you, Melian. I come and take some toast. Uh, so while you're eating another piece of toast, uh, you pull off three covers uh, to reveal chairs that are partly wood and partly cushion, ornately carved and stitched in the same style and look as the couch. Is there not a door from inside the house? I didn't know. But the spider made the window, and then Yolvin said this room wasn't here before, so I just assumed the spider made the room too. Cass, is there a door in this room, or is the only way out through the window? Strangely, when you look at the walls, and with how the... Uh, bookcases are. There is a spot for where that you think there should be a door. There is not one. Or he goes to start knocking on the wall to figure out, like, did it get sealed over? Or... It doesn't sound hollow. Hmm. It sounds... Like the rest of the walls? Yeah, sounds like the rest of the walls. <laughs> Faileth just completely accepts that a magical room made by a spider wouldn't have a door to anywhere else. Fair. Probably at this point is when uh, Jovan scrambles over the lip of the window one more time. Um, various uh, kits and, and devices uh, drug up along with him. Right. So this place, it, it, it changes. It's, I'm pretty sure it was put here to, to test me, to both my skill and my patience, and to keep me on my toes, because you never know when it's going to crack a window up into some house three doors down and being peeked on where I can't even tell that I'm window is there. Regardless, this is the first time it has made something that wasn't for one of the inhabitants that made this room for itself. And he looks absolutely pleased at this. Just pickled, or tickled pink. Um, and as he's speaking, he's uh, pulling out his tools and, and gently hammering all along the perimeter of the floor, uh, listening for the tone, um, taking measurements and, and writing in a in the notebook that he, you brought up. It's probably the most Melian. animated you've seen him in a couple days. No, I think we met yesterday. Known <laughs> we've only known day? him for a day. <laughs> quarry. You could say that about Quarry. It is yeah. the most animated Quarry seen you. Uh, Melian looks absolutely baffled. Like, you own a magic house, friend Yovan. The the man behind the letters. The mystery. He He did this. He did this to me. He gave me this when I arrived. It was one of the terms of the deal we struck. You are resentful of being given a magic house. It's the right of a man to know his four walls, to know which door leads out and which door leads in. Have... Oh, but this is so much better. Isn't it wonderful never knowing what could be around the next corner? Or who would be crawling in the window that you did wasn't there last night. I, I have not made a great deal... Your friends! I have not made a great deal of friends in the past few years. If somebody's crawling in my window, it's not to give me any gifts. Then you kill them, friend Yovan. Not if I don't see them coming. I don't know the purpose of the house. Well, what if one day you wake up and all the doors are gone? I'm trapped in who knows where. I... That is a sobering thought. And you smash your way out. 
Mm. And besides, I'm finding what's... most of your questions are solved by punching. Melian thinks everything is solved by punching. I spent ten years of my life priding myself in able to find the dimensions, weaknesses, and strengths of any building in the city. That's how I made my living, and they put me into a house where... And he gestures wildly at the notebook, and just... That's always should be self-evident. Who did? I, whoever it was that gave us the letters. That's all I know. That's all I've been able to find. You didn't just get a letter, you got a house. Well, I'm feeling ripped off now. Yeah. I feel I'm like joking. you wouldn't know what to do with the house. Oh, he's right. I don't want a house. I'm just joking. I heard them <laughs> saying uh, ripped off, and I figured I'd, I'd get in on the joke. <laughs> um, while he's going around, does he discover anything um, with his canvassing of the room? Uh, canvassing of the room, you definitely get a sense that there are other rooms around this, but For the sure. place where the door should be distinctly sounds like there is not a door there. The age of the actual wood used in the, the room, does it match what's in the rest of the house? Yes. Okay. This looks, it's the exact same style as the rest of the house. And it, like the, even the color of the room is, makes sense with the same palette. Looking out the window they came in, from the way that the, the sun is coming in through the window, does it seem like this room is on the third story? Yes. Okay. This is the first time he's managed to get into anything on the third story, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Um, there's no other windows or any entrances. It's just the, the fireplace and the the one window they came in. Yes. Just the fireplace and the one window that you came in. If he starts um, lifting up furniture to peek underneath, does he notice any um, marks or... Uh, anything distinctive about the floors? So you can perfectly see where every single person has stepped in this room because it is covered in a layer of dust. Moving the furniture, uh, you see the wood and the layer of dust, or rug and layer of dust, and if where footprints have been and where the furniture was sitting before. As you are going around checking the furniture, you pull the cover off the last uh, piece of furniture that doesn't have, uh, and it is a small side table anything in the drawers give me an investigation check is it a wooden side table yes it is do i get any advantage for using um the, the carpentry oh, go right ahead <laughs> <laughs> uh that is a 24 so you open the drawer on the side table and you pull the drawer the whole way out uh, it's empty but looking at the dimensions of the drawer you don't think the drawer would go the whole way back in the table. And looking in, you see what looks like almost a, a box. <laughs> you can't fit your hand to get it, though. At least not can your I fit physical me? hand. I was about to say, um, can I use my mage hand and, and pull it out? Yes, you can. You pull out a small box that appears to have been wrapped in uh, like a a piece of paper or parchment. He would um, brush some dust off the, the nearest table and place it down before unwrapping it. Uh, it is a small, thin, wooden box. And when you open it, uh, there is a single key inside it. He would spend a very long time looking at that key. Um, has he encountered any locks in the house that he hasn't been able to... Uh, not that you know open? of. Uh, not that you can remember and not that you've documented. 
There haven't been any locks that you've seen, at least in obvious places. So he'd easily spend a full five minutes just staring at the key, mentally cataloging everything in the house for where there might be something it would fit into. Very quiet, very still. Is the key the size of, like, a door key or the key to a small box? Uh, it looks like a, sort of a... It looks like a skeleton key. The end of it has uh, sort of like a circle uh, with uh, some lines coming out across it and out of it, like the rays of a sun, almost. Oh, Quarry likes it. Friend Yovan, mm. that key's significant somehow. It has to be. I wouldn't... That's... Mm. This is the first clue I've gotten in months. It's got... It's got to be important. I just need to figure... I'm just missing a piece. I just need to... Just need to think. I... You just need the door. Perhaps there's a keyhole where the door should be? That seems like a magical thing. No, that's ridiculous. Even right. as he's saying that, he would go in and test to, to check over where the door should be one more time. I'm assuming that he doesn't find anything. When you go to pick, go over to the door, uh, are you taking the key out of the box? Are you taking the box with you? I'd take the box with me. Uh, as you pick the box up, you note that there is scrawled in a familiar script something on the inside of the uh, paper that was wrapping it. He'd pause and carefully pull it out and flatten out the paper. Uh, it says, study. The house does have a study, doesn't it? Unless I'm standing in. Um, Thinking more back, or less, it's it. you don't know of any room that you would describe as a study. This one looks almost like a uh, a parlor. Unless it is a order to study, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, he, once again, like he would immediately just zone in on, on the paper and, and, and desperately try to think throughout where the house anything that could be considered a study, or uh, if he were to build a house in this area, where would the study be? Or do there houses in the area, um, any that were built following what would be a reasonable blueprint. Do any of them have studies? Uh, <laughs> just cycling through. Melian's stomach rumbles, and he goes, well, you don't appear to need my services. And then he just drops out the window to get more food. Faelith is still uh, testing out all the different chairs to see which one's the comfiest. You personally really like the crook of the, uh, like, of the couch, but... Because the armchairs, like, you need to have your arms, re like, pretty far apart to put them on the uh, armrests, and it doesn't feel as nice for you. She'll settle in the, uh, the crook, then. If you grew a bit, you think that these chairs would be lovely. She doesn't intend to grow anymore, so... So you curled up there. Yovan, what do you do? Um, eventually, he's just gonna bundle the box back up and the wrapping that he found it, and, uh place it with his notebook uh, one last time he's going to peek at the chimney and then uh, think better of asking Faileth if she's up for a climb and we'll just shimmy down the rope and with that you all are going to settle in and have a breakfast what are you discussing about your plans for today and please do share plans because like the DM doesn't actually know what the players have planned to do today so it would be great to know I'm, I'm assuming the, the plan was to uh, speak to Lord Buchanan. Yes, I think we're going to go see Lord Buchanan. And while we are on our way to the Nobles District or in the Nobles District, 
Quarry is interested in keeping an eye out for any new houses that have recently been built to see if uh, they Why? can... What? What? Why are we speaking to the lord whose child has already been lost? I want to find a ghost to talk about my cool thing. Because the entire guard is equipped with ticking time bombs, and we don't have any other people we can turn to who might have some possibility of disarming them. Yes, I will and... admit to being apathetic to the danger of these weapons. The city can be left. The children are in danger. Would not far more children die should the city be overrun by these strange cackling creatures than are currently disappearing. But we don't know the plan for the crackling creatures from the swords. We do know that the children are in immediate danger. This is true. If you are more concerned about the children than the weapons, which is understandable, then there is also benefit in visiting Lord Buchanan in that he or someone of his household may have witnessed something in the night that could give us another clue. All right. And I still... Should we not first verify that the child has not disappeared in the night just passed? Timeline doesn't work. Um. Because Mirabelle only went missing two days ago? Does he only take them once every couple of days? Do we ha do we know that for sure? That there's like a pattern to it? Yovan would have been a little bit distracted, but he'd, he'd crack open the notebook and flip right to the end. And like just scroll to the margin is the, the calendar with the various dates along with when each child went missing roughly. Each child we know of. True, but it would be strange, would it not, that we only find out about ones that disappear in a specific pattern? I would imagine. As a commanding officer I served with once said, it is easy to find patterns when you are that is what you are looking for. But with incomplete data, if we do not have all the information, then the pattern is simply an image behind your eyes. Hmm. There's wisdom in that. It's still, from what we've seen... There's nothing holding them back. They could be taking children at any point, at any time. They are wildly overqualified for this. There's no reason for them to wait so long, unless there was a reason to take them when they have been. Why spend a year doing this instead of taking them in one single night, day after day? That is an excellent question. I wonder if perhaps there are orphanages, poor houses, um, areas where children may disappear and it not be considered sufficiently important for they have no connections. Perhaps more are disappearing than we suspect. Still, I would be surprised if there was no link between the children and this machinations with the weapons and with Quent. The more we find out, the more the two do seem tied together. It is my hope that as we unravel one, we are also unraveling the other. And Lord Buchanan sits at the center of it all, missing child and the sole noble speaking out against Quent. Indeed. He might be the link we need to tie the two together. How Kelly much... Looks very puzzled and says, I fail to see a connection in when our search for information revealed unrelated information, we decided it was connected. But if you both insist, then... We still do not have sufficient information to know for certain that there is a connection between Jasper Quent and the disappearing children. But there are some coincidences, interlinked incidents, that seem as if perhaps one does not cause the other, but there does seem to be some strange coordination between the two. And in the city of this side, is it unusual to, for two unusual things to happen at once? On this scale, yes. 
Yes, and it is not just one coincidence, but several. Further, and I hate to say this, we're running out of leads on the children. We, I have some people that we could speak to at the auction house that might be able to shed some light on the artifacts that Faileth and Quarry found, but if those turn up nothing, then we're at a dead end. Here, though, we have something. Well, um, I don't know how early the nobles in this town rise, but in my experience, they are not as early to rise as some of the rest of us. Perhaps it is possible for us to go to the auction house and pursue that lead, and from there carry on to Lord Buchanan. I want to find a necromancer. Hmm. I would be obliged to dispatch them. No, a dead one. Ah, well, that's another matter entirely. My allegiance is to the girl. If Faileth will accompany you, then I will accompany you. Yovan, do you... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I, I paused and lulled you into saying something and then talked over you. I'm sorry. I carefully um, laid trap. Well done. Um, <laughs> do you know much of this Lord Buchanan? Is there any advice you can give on the approach that we should take with him? Is he more likely to be swayed by our inquiry into the disappearance of his son? Or is he? would he prefer a business interaction about the weapons, do you think? Well, I imagine uh, cracking open that sword in his presence is certainly going to get his attention. He is a noble of the city. If we let him know that the entire guard is carting around weapons which may well burn into the ground, I'm sure that we will have his ear. Will he grant us an audience, do you think? Well, um, I have spent some time in the houses of noblemen. Um, they weren't usually expecting to find me there. I'm not sure how one would normally go about going through the front door. Knock. Yes, all right. Well, perhaps I'll... My experience is limited to minor nobles in smaller towns, but uh, perhaps I will try my hand at it. I think we should uh, arrive and ask to see him and uh, clearly state our intent. It's certainly both things that we wish to see him about are things near to his interest. Hopefully that will be enough to sway him to see us. But do you think that first we could go to the auction house? Is that... Does it open early enough? I don't think it ever properly closes. Uh, I'm wary about how to approach that. Uh, we're very likely to walk in with artifacts and walk out with answers and no artifacts. Uh, I'm not giving it to anybody. It's mine. My mother showed it to me. You know, that's actually comforting. You think they would steal it from us? Oh, no. Nothing quite so crude. Um, they're just... We just need to approach it correctly. Get the lad some sweets. He's a sucker for them. Um, Malian clenches his fist and says, if they want to take those artifacts, they will take them from my cold, dead hands. Your clans are very warm, Malian. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to swing by the auction house first. I just, I'd want to be prepared for it, but there's very little we could do to prepare other than swing by a sweet shop and run a comb through our hair. Nobody's brushing my hair. I have no hair. You're lucky. Well, that rules that out, then. Faileth, we should brush your hair. Can I shave off my hair like Cory's hair? If you insist. Oh, and I don't want to. I suspect that so that's not. actually a thing. Cass, is there like a dedicated sweet shop in the city? I mean, failing that, we'll just go to the bakery across the road, but... There aren't really dedicated sweet shops. You get them uh, attached to bakeries and like general stores. Okay. Well, in that case, yeah, I'll just stop at the bakery across the street on the way out and pick something up. Faileth has had sugar a grand total of twice. And she would do almost anything to get it more. The bakery in uh, across the street, it's it's small, it's but it's family run and 
uh, still serves quite a decent amount of items, including some sweets. And you pick up a Kringle with uh, some sort of crystals of sugar on the top of it and uh, sweetened almond paste or nut paste of some kind inside it. This is very important. Did you buy one for Faelith, or is she going to have to try to steal that one? Probably bought enough for everyone. Okay. Um, Your pastry is safe for now. <laughs> um, oh, and I... Yovan probably bought the key with him on the way out. Okay. What's the weather like? The weather is a little overcast, uh, but not... Uh, but it's doesn't but it's not raining, and it's decently cool for a crisp morning. There is frost. Quarry is sad that the glory of soul is yet again dimmed by the clouds, but such is this time of year. So you make your way uh, through frost folly and cut through the dwarven burrow, uh, moving across through Walden Gate. Can I have a luck check? Just choose amongst yourselves a uh, flat d20 from one of you to see if you pass a certain area or not. I could do it. Does anybody object? Okay. Nope. Uh, 16. So as you are crossing through Waldengate, uh, heading towards the bridge that divides the nobles district from uh, Waldengate, the Cider Bridge, you come to a T-junction and Faileth, you get a really distinct feeling that, like, you've been here before. Was it when she was lost? Maybe. Oh, I've been here. Was it when you, um, were parted from Melian? Um, I don't know. Is this possibly the area in which you saw that, um, guardian spirit? Oh, maybe. Are there lots of elves? Uh, there are definitely some elves out on the streets, um, but, uh, they pretty much seem to be going about their business, utterly ignoring anyone passing by. Does this look like the place where I met uh, my little my little you spirit friend? You think so. The light's different because it's morning, but you think it was around here. Uh, if I look around, do I see any guardian spirits right now? Uh, can you give me a- another uh, d20? Yep, just flat? Mm-hmm. Just flat for this. Pure okay. luck to see if they're around or not. Fifteen. So, as you're looking around, you don't actually see many guardian spirits out, but you do notice that there is a house, and in front of it there is a a fence, and the gate to the house, uh, there's two pillars on either side of it, and at the top of each of those pillars is a stone carving of a cross between what looks like a chicken and a frog. Ooh, that's him! That's the house with the frog chicken! The one who lost his girl! Ah. Oh, good. Then we have yet another location to add to our map to see if there is any pattern. Jovan, are you making a note? You know the city better mm-hmm. than I. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes, of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he'll, he'll pull out his notebook and um, glance around, note down the intersection where it is. Which, I'm going to reach out and see if I can uh, can call Molgabeth forth. Uh, give me a performance check. 18. So, describe this for me. Um, I'm going to go over to the little statues and sit down next to them and go, Molgabeth, are you there? It's me, it's Faelith, remember? You can come out, I promise it's safe. Sweet little frog chicken, come and play with me. Are you singing in common or elvish? 
uh, Elvish. You start to see the outside of the statue go multicolored and hued, bright colors sh- shimmering before Mulgabeth pops out into being in front of you. Oh, hello, friend. Their great bulging neck sack bulges out and then pulls back in as it looks up in you and and it squeaks and squawks out a sort of hello. How are you doing? She's still gone. I know. We're looking for her. Hey, do you know Lord Buchanan? No. That's alright. Didn't figure you would. Can you guys see him? I turn to look at the rest of the group. I take it I can't. She's talking to a statue. You appear to be talking to a statue. Ah, that's too bad. He's rare. Melian is accustomed to this kind of thing, and he's just warily watching the crowd. Is there anything you guys want me to ask him before we move on? I mean, it's only been a day, I guess, since I talked to him. It feels like it's been, you know, months, but... I don't think I have any specific questions, but it is good to know where this location is in case we find that we need to question the family or... Well, even just to know the location of the disappearance more exactly. Fearless, you said this was the one that said that he couldn't see the assailant, yeah? Yeah, this is where I found out that the the creatures that take the children are empty. Like they're the absence of magic. Who has the artifact on them? The one that was pulled out of the... I think Faileth does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's mine. I've got it. Does the spirit recognize it at all? I show it to Mogabeth. He recoils from it, like squawking and hissing. I put it away quickly, but I ask him, Do you know what it is? Have you seen this? Shaken. Um, and. Did. Was there one near Rodal? When she was disappeared? It sort of. The chicken head of it sort of nods a bit. Do you know what it is? No. Is it. Is it necromancy? I don't know. Hmm. It's good to know that there was one here too. Guys, there was one here too? Is it still here? Do you know where it is? Did, do you have it? Or does does someone in your house have it? Do they keep it? His head does the thing that like an owl's head does where it turns 360, uh, where it turns 180 degrees and looks behind him. And it, it he looks like he's just staring at the house. It's in there. He looks back at you. Hmm. I think it's here. I think it's inside. Can your spirit help us talk to the people inside? Um, I didn't think it works that way, but I can ask. If we go and talk to your people, can you let them know we're not bad guys? They're very angry with me. It's not your fault, you know. They think it is. There's nothing you can do against shadows. I didn't protect the family. I think if they weren't so sad, they'd be able to know it wasn't your fault. I think that maybe you're just easy to blame. Because it's nice to have someone who can take that, right? Someone who they can say, if it wasn't for you. It's much harder to accept that sometimes bad things just happen. He sort of looks at you, and you notice that he looks almost a little fainter than he did even yesterday. And the next words explain why. 
They've even stopped giving offerings. They don't want me anymore. Oh. Well, that's no good. I'm just gonna fade away. They're gonna regret that if you disappear. Hmm. Are you tied to the house, or are you tied to an object? Do you know? I've been with them. I've been with them for eight generations. You've been with the house, or you've been with the family? With the family. Can you come with I me? I would have followed Roldal when she left. Oh, so you are attached to the family, not to anything inside. I followed Alanis when she married. I would have followed Roldal when she married. Morgabeth, we're going to find her. And when we do, she's going to need you. So you've got to hold on with everything you've got, alright? He nods. It's going to be hard, but I need you to hold on super tight and think of her the whole time I'll so try. that when she's back, you're still here for her because she's going to need you more than she's ever needed you before. All right? Okay. All right. Would it help if I left you something? I know I'm not your family, but... He sort of shakes his head. Didn't think so. You've been very helpful, and we are going to find her, I promise. Melian, being very sensitive to people being blamed for things that aren't their fault, uh, clenches an axe and starts to stalk towards their front door. Melian, I don't think you can punch this one away. But they have an artifact. Aye. Do you think we need another one? We can start making patterns or two. I would okay. like to propose something. Perhaps we can go and question these people, obtain the artifact that we want, and also help your friend, Faileth, if we're able to explain to this family that it is not their guardian spirit's fault. Perhaps they will once again begin to give the offerings necessary for its continued existence. And if they believe that their daughter is alive, perhaps they will have more interest in caretaking this spirit that she will one day inherit. We will tell the family we have been summoned by the guardian spirit to find their missing child. I don't think it works that way, but they might not know that. I will not contradict you. How about this? If we go in, you all distract them, and I'll find the artifact so that even if they don't want to give it to us, we can just take it. Oh, they will give it to us. But they might not want to. In this way, we don't have to punch anything. We can just take it. I'm perfectly happy to distract them by talking. Right. Uh, Melian appears to be about a foot taller than he was before, <laughs> a little bit broader, and he's, his fists have grown about double the size. Melian, it's not pretty hair time, okay? Mm. It's not pretty hair time. I know you didn't like it, but pretty hair shouldn't come out right now. Quarry looks most perplexed. Well, Melian's then. hair gets pretty when he's mad. Faileth. Yep. You remember you will only take things related to the disappearance of the child. Oh, sure. I don't need anything else. All right. Quarry's conscience is pricking them, and they are feeling mildly uncomfortable, but at the same time... <sighs> Perhaps it is best, Paladin, if you wait outside. 
If you think that best, I certainly can. She's pretty good at distracting. She was great the last time I stole stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that little one is why we are going to leave the paladin outside. I didn't follow. I will perhaps explain when I am less prone to... Pretty hair? Indeed. Right. Okay, let's go get the second artifact. We'll see if it's the same as this one. Maybe it'll explain everything. And with that, you approach the front door. Or, well, Melian's almost at the front door. I knock about as hard as is humanly possible, or I guess as, as is possible, without actually knocking their door right off its hinge. Oof. Okay. So you knock on the door, like you pound your fist on the door. Mm -hmm. From inside you hear the sounds of feet coming quickly, and a man, pointed ears and longer brown hair, looks at you with exasperation in his eyes. What is it? My wife is not making any potions at the moment. I must Please, speak with you regarding your missing child. Business... Uh, uh, are, are you with the guard? He is looking at you sort of like for the first time actually trying to take in what you look like. And I am not with the guard. You should not trust them. But you should trust me. Allow me to enter your home. <laughs> I love uh, Melian so much. Can can you give me like an intimidation check? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, how how, how are you going to have me do this? But yeah, intimidation's probably the. I think I I think I have. Uh, I think you have proficiency in it. <laughs> oh, for sure. That is a whopping eleven. Yes. Uh, he looks like he's he's shaken aback and he's uh, seems to be concerned and now sort of scared and really confused at the fact that he shouldn't trust the guards. You're here about his missing child, but you're not with the guards, and you're not here to try and make get his wife to make you potions? Uh, he, he's confused and he sort of opens the door a bit wider? Uh, the girl and the man are with me. <laughs> and I uh... walk in. <laughs> Faileth, this house is bigger than the one that Tatiana was in. It's also definitely wider than, and seems to be a lot more normally laying out than the house on Sapphire Lane. Is my mother here? Uh, yeah. She is sort of hanging over your shoulder. She actually okay. has, like, a hand on your shoulder and seems to be on edge. I look back at her and whisper, You know the plan, Mom? Where's the thing? And as you ask that, she sort of like discorporates, breaking apart into pieces. You've seen her do this before. She's probably helping you look, actually. Or she's run off. Well, I hope she decides to be useful for a change. Once inside, I put my massive hand on the man's shoulder and I say, I know this is a difficult time, but you must let the girl examine your house. Uh, uh, he sort of seems to be pulling himself a bit more, and he's like, um, uh, you, you must tell me who you are. If you're here about my daughter, I'd, I, and you're not with the guards, uh, who, who are you? We're here to find her. We have been summoned by your guardian spirit. A, uh, Macbeth, I believe? Mogabeth. That's the one. 
What? He feels so terrible. But it's not his fault, you know. There's nothing he could have done. Roldal was disappeared on his watch. You are a fool to trust a ghost to defend your daughter, but the ghost is not to blame. He couldn't have done anything against what they sent for her. Countermeasures were taken. They expected to find resistance. He looks even more confused by all of you and how knowledgeable about this you seem to be. And he's like, uh, uh, my wife will have questions. You, you at least need to tell me your names and if it will help find my daughter. I'd do anything. I am Melian. The girl is Faileth. The man is Yovan. Now come, man. We will sit and you will ask me your questions. I'm gonna use the bathroom. Uh, and then he... the girl will examine your house. <laughs> um, you sort of take a seat around like a table in more of like a cross between a kitchen and a dining room, maybe. And you're just sort of sitting and he's just sort of staring at you awkwardly. If it would make you feel better, there is a paladin of Saul outside. Perhaps you are a follower of Saul. Um, uh, we pay homage uh, to Saul, but uh, our family pays homage directly to Owen and to Cain. Ah. Praise be to the High King. Praise indeed. Then I shall leave the paladin outside. And, uh, he, he asks you some questions mostly about, like, how you ended up getting called by Mulgabeth. Uh, and he actually almost seems, like, surprised. He, you get the distinct impression that he almost didn't believe Mulgabeth existed. I assure him that the ghost real. does exist. He's been crying a Fale, lot. you're not That's even here anymore. Are you examining the house? <laughs> you said I wasn't allowed. No, I said you. I told him you were gonna examine the house. Oh, okay. I'm gone and examine. I just the house. told him straight up that he was gonna let you examine the house. Okay, I didn't say cool. don't do it. I just said go do it. I misunderstood. I'm imagining that like Faileth was on the stairs as you're talking about this and was just yelling down into the room, and you're just like, go look. <laughs> look, you can only confuse people by telling them exactly what you're doing for so long, and you're wasting that time. Okay, I'm examining. So, Faileth, as you're starting to go up the stairs, you sort of feel a rush of cold wind behind you. There shouldn't be wind in a house. Uh, and you see your mother has sort of formed a bit uh, by a door that's actually down on the main level. Oh, I head towards the door. Uh, you open it, and it looks like it goes down into a root cellar. I go into the root cellar. She sort of pulls you along. Uh, there's no light down here, so we'll treat... Because you, if I remember correct, you have dark vision, right? I believe, yeah, as a half-elf, I'm pretty sure I get dark vision. This is where I check to make sure. I'm not, yeah, I have to look it up. Because Cass forgets every once in a while. Yes. Um, so uh, you can see in dim light for 60 feet, and in darkness as if it were dim light. So you can see about 30 feet around you in a sort of dim... You can make out shapes and you can make out textures as you get closer to things. And your mother is sort of pulling you through this root cellar until she stops. And where she stops, she just points up. 
I look up. And you find, burned into the ceiling, a symbol. I will pop it into the group chat, and then if you will please describe the symbol. Uh, It looks like a circle with a smaller circle inside it and sort of a a house sketched into the center circle. It's the same central rune from the other. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven legs pointing off the outer circle and another little rune coming off one of the legs. In fact, it looks a lot like the creepy spider she probably drew earlier. But with not as many legs. I'm pretty sure I drew that that fish in fucking elementary school. (laughs) I think there are runes coming off of all of the sticks, but they're just, some of them are really faint. No, only the, only five of them have actual runes. Oh, okay, you're right. I couldn't see any of those until I zoomed in. Yeah, so there's a, I mean, I know I'm not seeing it, but there's, the central rune is the same sort of uh, house with missing a wall with a central T. Um, that is on the other runes, and then the outer runes appear to be little houses. More complete ones. Yeah. Yes. Is the fading intentional? It does look like the the center outermost one is fairly strongly drawn, and then the two adjacent to that are slightly dimmer, and then the two farthest are the most faded? You can assume that the faded may just be based off the material that this is burned into. Mm-hmm. Um... Was I with Melian, or was I with Faileth? I think you're sitting at the table with Melian. Unless you snuck off with Faileth. Nope, table works. Faileth is now convinced that these things are how the creepy shadows know where to find the kids. Definitely wants to find that necromancer ghost. Is there anything else here? She asks her mom. And your mom, like, her eyes sort of flare, and she continues looking up, and she points... Hotly, as if she's pointing still higher in the house. Um, I will go look for some stairs. I will go back upstairs. Yep, so you go up to the main floor and then you start following up some stairs and you see your mother sort of like draw herself into the skull. Like how you used her last time. I hold the skull out and follow the chattering. For Melian and Yovin, you start to hear like this really loud chattering sound. Um, almost sounds like teeth being slammed against each other, uh, coming from somewhere else in the house. Is this a sound that I would have heard before through my long association yeah. with? You oh, have definitely yeah. heard uh, Phala's skull make this sound before. Uh, this is maybe uh, one of like the few manifestations that you're confident actually means her mom is around. I see Phala's mother has decided to join us. Or I hear... Faileth's mother has decided to join us. Uh, Yovin relies 100% on Melian for cues on what is strange and what isn't with Faileth. So if he's unconcerned, um, Yovin will keep his composure. So as you are led upstairs, uh, you end up, you see that your the chatter sort of goes towards the direction of a door, and you open it, and it looks like it's a small children's room, but after you open the door, the chatter stops. And so you sort of turn back, and the chattering takes you a bit further down the hall. Uh, but based off how much you've moved, you think that the chi- the, the room with the smaller bed 
is probably directly above where that symbol is down in the cellar. Just like the other one was etched into underneath the bed in the last house. Definitely some sort of summoning thing. The chattering sort of takes you along into an adult bedroom, and it takes you over to an armoire. And opening it, uh, you see that there are a couple like coats hanging in it. Is the chattering still going strong? The chattering here? is still going strong. I'm going to search through some coat pockets. If you end up in Narnia, I'm going to be very mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be jealous. So as you search through coat pockets, uh, you don't find anything. But when you're holding it against one specific coat, the skull chatters a lot. And as you sort of feel around it, you eventually feel that perhaps something has been sewn between layers. Ooh, I'm going to rip this coat up. Are you pulling out a dagger or a knife or something like that? Or are yeah, you one using of my, your my teeth? Bone dagger. Pull out my bone dagger. You slice it open and you find an exact duplicate of the artifact that you have. Ooh. Alright, I'm going to quick check in with my skull. Is that it? Do we find it all? The chattering has died down, and the glow in the eyes and the runes that are etched onto it have all dimmed. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to head back to the boys. As you head back, you do notice that at the very end of this hallway, between sort of like the two rooms, there's a small table and a small statue that looks like Roldal. Uh, it looks like it was probably handmade, and it looks older than the small little statues that are on the uh, posts outside the house. Uh, and there's a small, mean... empty bowl in front of it. Do you mean it looks oh, no. like the Mulgabeth. spirit? Mul Mulgabeth. I was say, yeah. They have <laughs> an old statue of their child? That's creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, did not intend for that to go super creepy. No. Uh, Mulgabeth. Yes. Okay, the yes. Chicken frog. That makes more sense. Okay, cool. Um, I know it probably won't help, but I put uh, some of the toast that I stuck in my pockets from breakfast into the bowl. Just Sounds in case. good. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, with that, you can head downstairs. Jovan and Melian, choose between the two of you uh, which one of you, who's been carrying the conversation the most, do you think? Melian had the initial inertia, I think, momentum to keep it going. Yeah, I would say that's probably he will. Melian knows that he's only got so long, so he'll have been trying to maintain a a forward conversational inertia. Okay, had you switched conversations, I had you switched individuals, I would have had Jovan roll. But considering that uh, he is still just sort of flabbergasted with you, as my dice roll shows, um, <laughs> uh, you are carry on the conversation until Faileth appears at the door. Ah, and here's our girl now. Faileth, what did you find? Um, uh, I found a couple of things. Uh, I pulled the artifact out and I show it to the man. Uh, did the coat I find it in look like a men's coat or a women's coat? It looked like a man's coat. Where did you find this? Uh, he looks at it. Uh, I've never seen it before. It was in your coat, though. Oh. Be or does clear, another Faileth, man live here? In a coat pocket? No, in the lining. I ripped Melian your coat. Melian turns back to the, the elvish man and says, 
Uh, have you had recent work done on a jacket, or per recently purchased a jacket? Uh, no. Um, what did the coat look like? Uh, can you describe what it? What did the coat look like? Um, so you describe it for him, uh, and he uh, tells you that uh, that's like a one of a like a, a late spring, early summer coat that he would be wearing, and he hasn't worn that for for months. Thinking back, uh, let's see, does he remember? Yeah, he doesn't uh, remember. He remembers wearing that, like, back before his daughter went missing. Before the children started going missing? Or? You haven't actually asked him when his daughter went missing. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I wanted to clarify um, that it was before any of the children started going missing. Or was it? Or had... What, I think what Cass is trying to tell us is we won't know because we didn't ask the important question of when did his daughter go missing in the first place. Gotcha. Fair enough. No, but unless you ask that question, Melian is uh, isn't smart enough to have thought of that. <laughs> that, that. That was in character me interjecting like um, ah. he mentioned that he had lost it before his daughter had gone missing. And, and was it before any of the children had gone missing? Or I know that other children have gone missing, but I... I... I don't know when they went missing. Uh, my daughter disappeared uh, about six months ago, back in uh, Hadashat, on the 27th. Did she disappear right after the last time you were the coat? Or soon after? Maybe. Did she uh, ever wear it? It's entirely possible. Um, sometimes she would uh, go into go into our room and she'd come out dressed like one of us and say she was going to go off to work for us instead. She was... Yeah, a, Has a anyone smile done... actually crossed his face and then falls from him. Has anyone done tailoring work for you in the last six months? Perhaps before your daughter went missing? I'm... I'm I think actually that coat might have been a gift. From who? One of my wife's relatives, or perhaps someone that I worked with. Did they perhaps send a card? I'm sorry, not that I can recall. Uh, and Would your wife if, know? If they did. Quite possibly. And is she not here? You did mention she would want to speak with us. Uh, no, I said that she would likely ask questions. Uh, no, she's not home at, the t at this moment. She's... Her sister is pregnant. She's been spending quite a bit of time over there to midwife as her sister is nearing. Do you think your wife would remember whether tailoring work had been done on this coat? Quite possibly. Uh, she's uh, rather detail-oriented. Excellent. Where does the sister live? He goes to the front door and actually like just points like three houses down. Friend Yovan, do you have any more questions for this man? Uh, her name is uh, Alanis. Ah, uh, yes. I should probably care about that. We would take, like to take your guardian spirit with us for a time. I think he may be useful in hunting down your daughter. Would you release him from the service for the short I, future? I honestly don't know how to do that. I don't think he can. I, I don't think that's how it works. But you really do need to start feeding him again, or he'll die before she gets back. Rodol's gonna need him. He looks at you and looks a bit confused, but like he also... Maybe you're right, and he quietly agrees that uh, he'll he'll see about putting an offering. For, Good. I put for some toast in, but I don't think it'll help. 
Needs to come Excellent. Men, I cannot Maybe. offer you... Sorry, go ahead, Tetra. Maybe tell him that you don't blame him, because it really isn't his fault. And were it not for his intercession, we would not know of your daughter's disappearance. Nor would we be able to offer you the assurance that he indicates she does remain alive. His eyes light up with that. You'll find her, right? We're gonna try. Thank you. I made the Triadrian watch over you. I don't know what that means, but thank you. The Triadrian is the name of the pantheon of gods that rules over this world. And with that, the three of you will leave the house and join Quarry out on the street. Did Quarry notice anything interesting while they stood out in the street? Can you give me a what what do you call what do you consider interesting? Um uh, I don't know any um guards walking around with these new weapons if like if there are any guards around anything any conversation that Quarry could overhear or even just people in the street I, Quarry doesn't speak elvish so it's very unlikely that they will hear anything from the people around them but just observing people like is there anybody that lingers looking at the house that Quarry's in is there any I don't know. Also, I guess just looking at the exterior of the house and thinking like, and this is a much better question for Yovan, so Quarry probably won't know the answer, but like, how would somebody sneak into that house to steal a child? That sounds like an accusation. I'm a <laughs> follower of Saul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't mean to cast aspersions on your um, spotless character. Painting me with a terrible brush. I'm just a, an architect. <laughs> Well, and, you know, who better to know the strengths and weaknesses of a building? I didn't mean that you would break in. <laughs> no, you don't see anyone that is uh, staring at the building or walking by and looking at it any with any particular look. You mostly see some elves and half-elves moving around. You do see a, uh, a group of guards uh, go past at one point. Uh, it looks like they're just doing rounds. Hmm, Okay. Okay. When we exit, uh, Melian will will immediately say, uh, Paladin, I owe you an apology. Oh? It seems that uh, we had no need to leave you outside. No skullduggery was conducted in your absence. That is quite all right. I have observed one thing that has made me think. That is, I noticed a group of guards going by, and I wonder how often they patrol. While it is unlikely that they would see a shadow. I don't know whether or not this shadow can make the child invisible as it makes off with it. I wonder if there is any possibility that the not that the guards are in on it, but that allowances would have to be made for stealing the child that would take into account the guards' schedule. Melian looks sort of abashed and says, Paladin, it is my experience that if you observe the guard long enough, a pattern will emerge, uh, which can be readily avoided. I see. Well, I wonder. Did you have luck? Indeed. I got another one. Also, remember that, um, remember that thing we found under the bed that looked like the circle with all the flanges on it? Mm Mm-hmm. There was one under this child's bed, too, only it was 
burned into the ceiling of the cellar right under where the bed would be. So I'm pretty sure we're dealing with like a summoning ritual or something to let them know where to come get the children. So I'm pretty sure we should go see that necromancer ghost now. Was it exactly the same symbol? It was, right? Or was it slightly huh. different? It was definitely different, but it incorporated some of the same nuances. It looked different, but it had some of the same things. I can probably draw it for you. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Melian looks somewhat uh, concerned. Like, is this is this something we should mention to to the, the elf man? I like that I never forgot his name. I noticed. I actually, the wife's name starts with an A, I think. I didn't I'd write it down fast enough. Melian and Jovan know that the wife's name is Alanis. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, you ought to know. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> what have I done? A little too ironic. <laughs> Jovan, is there anyone in this town a, um, uh, bookseller, a uh, uh, scribe, uh, someone uh, versed in arcane and obscure symbols who might be able to tell us more about what these strange things mean? As I said, the only one that comes to mind is the, the gentleman down at the auction house. And right. He makes it his business to know what all the scripts mean and what all the artifacts do. But well, it... Sounds very much like we need to pay him a visit. Ah, these, uh, these kicks are getting stale. Cory looks at Faileth and says, Were you able to help your friend? I hope so. He said he'd start feeding him again. But I didn't know that he truly believed in him, so maybe now things will get better. We can always hope. It must be hard not being able to see your guardian spirit. Faileth, you definitely will be able to recreate the symbol, and it seems like your mother is actually being helpful in this case, so she would even maybe correct you if you got it wrong. Oh, I remember to pat my skull and say thanks for the help, Mom. I don't think she likes whatever it. these things are. She seems kind of creeped out by the houses when she's in there with me. Hmm. Interesting. It takes a lot to creep out me, Mom, too. She's one of the creepiest things there is. But, you know, in a good way. Hmm. I won't second that part. Well, you've never seen her. True. And may Sol keep it that way. Oh, she's <laughs> lovely. I have my doubts. So, where is our next stop? To the auction house? To the necromancer's grave. I've been dwelling on that. I'm not sure where we're going to find a dead necromancer. Not within the city limits, I think. In the graveyard. They don't tend to bury them. Hmm. hmm. Indeed, Faileth, that is likely more of a happenstance than a sure thing. Though that might be another question that we might have for the auctioneer. That sounds like quite a bit of story if somebody's going to sell a famous necromancer's couch. Knowing that tale allows mm. them to raise the price just that much more. You got a couch from a necromancer? No, I, it was a hypothetical. Oh. I don't think so. I, I mean, not. maybe your maybe your magic couch was a necromancer's. No, please, Faileth. Please, no. Just... <laughs> I mean, it might be. It was made by a creepy spider thing. 
So while you have this conversation, are, are... you walking towards the auction house, or are you heading? No, towards... we gotta go to the house that's three doors down where the wife okay, is. Okay, I was gonna say, are we totally? We just asked all about this lady. And we're not gonna. No, go we're see definitely her. going to visit the lady, aren't we? Yeah, I want to know. I want to. Melian has what he thinks is his first solid clue. Maybe a tailor did it, and so he's definitely gonna make us go and confirm whether the tailor did it. Oh, good. Because as far as Quarry knows, we're headed to the auction house now. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're heading three doors down. Quarry is perplexed, but is like, oh, maybe I didn't know where the auction house was. Yeah, you uh, stop about wife. three doors down. <laughs> the man's wife lives here. My crib tonight. She, <laughs> I've been trying not to do a three doors down reference. Um, <laughs> like, trying desperately. He's like, no, I will not. I didn't even try. I, I see that. And I knock on the house. I'm less angry now, so I don't knock as hard. <coughs> you okay? Yes, I had just taken a drink, and it it's going down my throat the wrong way. <laughs> so give me a moment. It's coming up? <laughs> no. Good. No. Good. That, Good. I'm glad so I could make worse. you laugh in the middle of your choking. Rip. Rip the GM. <sighs> no. We need to know what happens next. And that is her primary concern for Cat's itself. Yeah. <laughs> at this point i gotta find out what happens to molgabeth because i'm deeply deeply concerned about him and so mad at that family for making cast do the sad voice you know it was actually, heartbreaking i've been thinking what was it in your letter that says that it was undead that we were investigating Ooh, that is a really good question let me just pull up my letter are you asking in character? I could be. <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like this is definitely something that would probably be better handled if you were ga gathering that kind of information in character. But this sure. also might not be the best situation to do it because you just knocked on a door. So, how was it really necromancy that opens. we were coming here from as the lady <laughs> opens the door? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you a necromancy. Uh, the, there is a woman that she looks a bit tired. She has long brown hair and uh, slightly pointed ears. Uh, it looks like she might be a half elf, and looks at all of you and is, "Hello." Are you a Lannis? Yes. Do you remember the last time your husband's coat was mended? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, so good. So good. Uh, <laughs> by the light of soul, I enjoy Melian's character. <laughs> just, just no preamble, no introduction. <laughs> and all the more confusing because you know what her name is. Uh, she just sort of looks at you and uh, uh, um, uh, he I had to have one of his coats mended about three weeks ago. No, I'm, this I'm sure that we paid coat. the bill. Um, <laughs> we. <laughs> Sorry, allow me to allow me to change the nature of my question. Do you remember when your daughter disappeared? No, okay, that's not. No, Melian's smarter than that. Uh, Melian will say no. Um, allow me to rephrase. In the days before your daughter disappeared, for which, of course, you have my condolences. Do you recall having your husband's coat mended? If you like, I can explain my question. Uh... I found a necromancer Dude. thing in his coat. Oh, she pales and is like, 
What? We haven't confirmed that it is an artifact of necromancy. However, we did find, sewn into the coat. Ascal can't even... Ascal is a blundering fool. He, he couldn't even use magic. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not accusing him. We're not accusing him. Here, okay, we better start at the beginning. So I'm friends with your guardian spirit, right? I ran into him the other day. He was crying. He told me about your daughter. We've been investigating the missing children. So we went to your house to see if you had one of these. And she shows him her the artifact. And you did inside your husband's coat. Also, something was burned into the wood about right below your daughter's room in the cellar, and that was the same thing that was in the room of another child who disappeared, so we're pretty sure they're connected. So we want to know, did the coat that your husband wears in the summer that looks like, insert description here, get mended <laughs> any time right before she disappeared? Because if she it did, then if I'm following Melian's line of logic correctly here, a tailor did it. And that's who we need to kill. Indeed. Very well summed. Thank you. I've been paying attention. She looks like she is shaking, and you see her ball her fist, and the look she gives you is like venom, and my daughter has gone missing, and you come here with wild tales Punk me? No, we're trying to find her, Sally. Did you just say punk? Yes. I'm not Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I mean, sorry, fantasy Ashton Kutcher. So, Ashton Crutchman. I assure you, this is very serious. Lots of kids have gone missing. We want to find them all. We were summoned by your guardian spirit to find your child. Uh, Melian says, guiltily shooting a look at the paladin. Quarry's still not sure whether they're allowed to participate or not, so they're kind of hanging back. <laughs> no, I do not remember having my husband's coat that you have described mended, but... Can you think of another way in which a artifact approximately the size of a coin... It is the size of a coin, isn't it? Yeah. Faileth actually like has the artifact out to, to show her. Yeah, I'm showing her. Ah. Can you think of any other way that this artifact may have been sewn into the lining? No, uh, I don't even do most of... I, I take some to the tailor, uh, and when I wasn't doing the repairs, uh, Roldal would actually do them. Do you always deft. go to the same tailor? Uh, no, whichever one seems to be passing through or about. Uh, I did once go to Tilgan's Threads, but they're so expensive. Alanis, like the music of your namesake, I find you maddening. And then Nellian turns and leaves. <laughs> She is just staring out the door at... Sorry, Melian's feeling very pretty hair today. Quarry will... <laughs> has been listening and and will approach up the stairs with their hands in sort of a placating gesture and say, I understand that all of this is very difficult and the loss of a child for a parent is unthinkable. We have reason to believe that your daughter may not be dead, and we will do everything that we can to find her and bring her home. My friend Faileth, though she has not said so, would ask that you do continue to look after the guardian spirit of your home, which could not have saved your daughter from her fate, and is very sorry for what happened. She sort of just looks at you, 
She looks at all of you that are still there at Melian's back, and then she just closes the door. Well, that went well. That could have gone better. I don't think we need her anymore, anyway. Well, your friend Mulgabeth does. Yeah, but her husband seemed pretty on board with still feeding him, so we should be fine. As you say, shall we make our way to the auction house? Hmm. I guess. It's not as interesting as a necromancer ghost, but... Well, perhaps, Faileth, the auctioneer will be able to tell us where we'd find a necromancer's ghost. Hopefully. Hopefully only it's ghost. I have no interest in punching a zombie. Ooh, zombies are great! That is a matter of opinion. They can be very helpful. Not in my experience. Nor I think mine. you just don't know how to talk to them lately. I will admit to doing more killing than talking when it comes to zombies. Most people do. It's a real shame. So you're having this conversation as you travel towards mm-hmm. the noble district and towards yep. the price auction house. <laughs> Is Yovan going to ask Quarry about their letter? Oh, right. Um, actually, that would be a, a perfect segue as we're speaking about necromancers in the undead. It's what was it in your letter specifically that led you to believe that we were hunting a necromancer here, or some form of undead? Our mysterious letter writer specifically mentioned the corruption of undeath and said that it had taken hold in the north. Specifically, they mentioned a darkness from my past. And I assumed at the time that it was a reference to the cult of bliss, given the mention of undeath. Of course, I don't know and I have yet to see anything that I recognize as familiar to the Cult of Bliss, but or indicative of the Cult of Bliss, I should say. I only ask because it seems like these artifacts seem purpose designed toward against the undead. How do you mean? The Guardian Spirit, apparently, is incapable of seeing anything that occurred within it. And then it was unable to, it seemed to react if I understood Phyllis' gestures correctly, fairly negatively when presented with it. And assuming that the Guardian Spirit is some form of, well, spirit, it seems strange. Phyllis' gift is an unusual one that I will not pretend to understand, but as far as I can tell, the spirits that Phyllis communicates with are not undead in the conventional sense. I don't feel an obligation to destroy them or set them to rest or remove them from this earth. They seem more well-intentioned than your usual undead. For sure. Cass, is that accurate? Uh, yes. Yes. I think ghosts and and undead are kind of slightly different categories, right? To an extent. The spirits that you interact with are almost... You get the sense that these are ones that have, in a way, already passed on, but haven't left yet. But yeah, there's unlike... like just an impression of them, rather than like a wa- a, a body that's walking around, or a... yeah, or a spirit that still has a unfinished business that's tied yeah. to this place, full of rage, things like that. Like there's a very distinct difference. It's almost like you can reach a little bit past the veil of death, right? I just find it unusual that they would create these to ward against spirits that otherwise wouldn't be interacting with the world, and thought perhaps that it was designed to ward against more conventional undead and affected the spirits as a side effect. Well, I'm interested in finding somebody who understands the 
general arcane more than I do, because I wonder if these symbols serve a purpose that is of use to a necromancer without being necromancy themselves. It is, if it is a summoning of some kind, or it is a, uh, a beacon, a, a message, uh, whatever it is, it may not necessarily be necromantic. It may be a tool that the necromancer is using. Something to consider, at least. Wouldn't a tool used by a necromancer be necromantic? It could be... As an example, you have a sword, and I have a sword, um, and Faelith has a sword, and perhaps we... I have a sword! Would all use our swords. But we may use them for different purposes. And yet that does not change the fact that they are swords. This is perhaps not a very good explanation, but what I mean to say is the tool does not necessarily have to reflect the wielder. I believe I understand. I don't, but that's fine. I barely understand anything. I may, of course, be incorrect. Perhaps these are necromantic symbols that I have never yet encountered. Perhaps the Cult of Bliss has come up with some new and grim plot. I don't know. Hopefully, we will find out in time to thwart them. Consider it this way, Faelith. When I use my sword, whether I am well-intentioned or not, kill a man, he is dead. When the paladin uses her sword, no matter how blessed by her god it is, he is also dead. That does not mean that the tools that we use are evil. I never said they were. Wait. Wait, I think I got it wrong. If we use it, if we use a sword, let me think on it and I will get back to you. I'm not confused now. <laughs> I love Melian. He's so earnest. I am interested to know, did no one else's letters mention necromancy? Nope. No. Not even a whisper of it. Hmm. Very strange. Sometimes Do I am... Do you think... No, go for it. What were you thinking? Well, I sometimes feel I am not entirely sure to what extent we should trust the letter writer, and yet here we have been brought together, and things that the letter writer has said have come to pass. And we are certainly finding some sinister plot that does seem to require our attention, whether or not it is connected to necromancy. I was going to say, do you think that maybe whoever wrote the letters just put whatever he thought would interest us the most in them. That, Faileth, is a very interesting thought. Because, I'm, I mean, unless things drastically change, I didn't think the things he promised me are going to happen. Because I don't think any of you know. Know what? Well, I'm here to find out. No, I certainly don't. Her point exactly. I don't think any of you do. And my letter said, if I found you, I'd get some answers, but you don't have any answers. No Depends. You have not yet asked me any questions. No offense, uh, Corey. I Melian like you very gives... much, but I'm pretty sure you don't have any answers. Melian gives Corey the biggest, are you kidding me? But that's all she does, is ask questions. Look. Well, in response to um, Melian's look, Quarry will amend what they said and say, well, as far as I know, you haven't asked many questions into, in relation to why it is you're here, if you think that you're not here for what we're already investigating. 
Oh, I'm definitely not. This is not what I was told would happen. Or I guess not happen, but I was promised that I'd learn something that I've been wanting to learn for a while. But, again, no offense to any of you, but I don't think you know what it is. And I'm invested now because I promised that we would find the little girl, and I'm all for that. So I'm here to do that, but after that, I didn't know... Perhaps the what? thing you seek to learn will be revealed as we continue to investigate. I also do not know whether or not we will find any necromancy here. It's all just very confusing. Yes. And then poor Melian's letter just said he had to stay with me. Hmm. I think he would have done that in any case. Exactly. Perhaps. You aren't going to abandon me, Melian. As your conversation continues, uh, you cross over from Walden Gate... Uh, crossing the Cider Bridge into the Nobles District. Unlike the previous districts, uh, you see that this district has a considerable amount of green space, and that the houses here are quite large, with large estates around them. But the road that you follow comes to a single plaza, which appears to be an upper-class market square uh, that is lined with cherry trees and sedate shops. You note... Marsh's Best Cask, the finest establishment run by the nearby Marsh Cidery, would provide an excellent place to stop for a drink, if you were so inclined. As well as looking about, you note, a large, impressive three-story building of brick and timber with a distinctive balcony that overlooks the plaza. Uh, there are very few windows, uh, but those that are present, uh, you note, are reinforced with bars. Uh, it looks like uh, there is a large entrance at the front, and above that is a sign that says Price Auction House. You also note a two other shops on this plaza of note, uh, one of them being Tilgan's Threads, a two-story shop that's next to the bustling cider house, and it sports a sign that glistens in the morning light that shows a spool and needle. And then... <laughs> the tailor. And then on the other side of the plaza you note a single three-story house uh, with a wrought iron fence around it and you note bars on the bottom windows to the front as well. It looks like some kind of shop perhaps. And in the middle of this square stands a column of dark stone that appears to be inscribed and carved with looping rings and symbols. Yovan, you, uh, you know that this is the Shroud Stone, for which Shroud Stone Plaza is named. Alright. I don't suppose we're so lucky as to recognize any of the symbols on the Shroud Stone. Uh... Not really. They're mostly very faded or large patterns. Okay. I think circles and swirls, as you'd expect on, like, uh, monoliths and menhirs. So Yovan will um, wave an arm towards the auction house. The gentleman we're here to see is Audius Ortec, um, though most other folks working in there will just know him as the appraiser. He's a professor. He collects strange things. Then I shall be careful that he does not collect Phelan. Oh, that's well so sweet, Melian. <laughs> it will be difficult to know how much to tell him. 
but we only have his attention so long as we have more secrets to share. They are our currency here. He may be able to draw parallels and connections that we missed, but if we play our whole hand right at the beginning, he'll get bored of us too quickly. Perhaps we should allow you to lead this, as you seem to have a, a greater understanding of this person, and perhaps uh, are more experienced in bartering secrets than some of the rest of us? Are you telling me that I should probably play mute again? Well, I won't speak for you, Faileth, but I myself am not a peddler of secrets. I am much more comfortable laying things out as they are. And I don't believe that I have the finesse that would be required for this type of a transaction. I also do not peddle in secrets. I'm great at secrets. I actually think Faileth will be extraordinarily useful here. I myself haven't come across anyone like her ability, and I can only imagine that somebody whose business it is is to find the old stories of antiques and forgotten bits of relics would be fascinated. Ooh, I bet I could call some ghosts for him. If he's got any real old stuff he doesn't know about, I could see if there's anything attached to it. That could be good bargaining, Chip, right? Hmm. You may be invaluable. That's exactly the tact we should take. But he can't have my artifact. But he can't have your artifact, no. Well, I guess we have two now. I'm still not convinced we should give it up. We don't know what power they have or how they could be used for ill. That's true. I'm pretty sure that they're they're uh, home and beacons, but I could be wrong. Is anyone surprised that the paladin doesn't want to give it up? <laughs> Sorry. I don't get it. What doesn't she want to give up? How is it funny? Her Explain it to me in detail, Melian. Secrets. Detail. Well, paladins have taken a vow of chastity, and thus, uh, the paladin not wanting to... It, it's funnier among soldiers. Oh, she doesn't want to have sex! I mean, they don't yeah. want to have sex. All right. Me neither. Excellent. I might Looks have missed messy. that teaching of soul, but... I have taken no such vow. <laughs> Ooh, I knew it! You're gonna burn Alan! <laughs> I knew let's that burn. love was granted. Ooh, let's get in there. Guaranteed uh, for the yes, ages. They'll sing take ballads Fela. about you. <laughs> Great Corey and Alan sitting in a tree. So as Faileth continues to sing this, uh, you approach the front door. Uh, there are two guards outside. What's your business? I've come to speak to the appraiser. Go right on in. Once you go in, make sure that you, you ask the boy at the front. He'll take you up to him. Did you bring any sweets? We did, yes. They were delicious. I hope you do better than the last people that came in. And with that, you are whisked through the front doors. Do you think the last people died? Your smile is very stiff. (laughs) Just, ah, shit. And with that, noting the time, do you want to do this next scene, or should we save that for next episode? I think it's a a strong start to the next episode, personally. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Let's start the next episode with you guys heading up in the price auction house to the appraiser. Oh, good. We can leave Quarry feeling mildly uncomfortable by by that awkward interaction. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) 
Thank you. That was very fun, and we learned some uh, interesting things. Thank you for running it. Um, I'm still... Hmm. How much you want to bet that when we put all those pieces together, um, it's actually a matter of just lining them all up into some big picture or something. I'm telling you, the tailor did it. Oh, you mean the different symbols? It's a symbols? necromancer ghost. Perhaps it is a necromancer ghost tailor. Mm. Wow, we just lost Saja. <laughs> was it a was it an unsuccessful tailor turned necromancer, or an unsuccessful necromancer turned tailor? Oh, I just you love said the it. same thing twice. So Can somebody I? who tinkers with bodies. Or Sue's clothing. Ooh. Ooh, perhaps it is a bodybuilder. <laughs> he goes out of his way to... In fact, that was my experience of the Cult of Bliss. They're all ripped. <laughs> no, they build bodies. And yet he's familiar with weapons. He's created an entire business out of it. And he's done so all secretly. Some sort of tinkered tailor soldier spy. <laughs> <laughs> to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! Did I lose everybody? Have we paused to imagine? I think, we... I think okay, I think <laughs> we... <laughs> because we all... I can also not imagine. Perhaps we should move on. I think we lost Cass. <laughs> no, no, the DM was just like, oh yeah, they're just, like, they're having this nice conversation, so I'm just gonna let them oh. keep talking. And then it just, I, I thought that someone was gonna say something, and that you maybe cut them off, and then I thought they were gonna come in afterwards, and just, just silence. We were all No, we all talk at once. <laughs> This is why you have us all in different audio streams, so you can just carefully move one person a little bit forward, one person a little back. Mm -hmm. Go. I mean, it doesn't help us understand what's going on in the moment, but... Hmm. I think we're deep enough at this point that someone listening to this is probably just absolutely mad that we've missed, like, three or four connections. Oh, I'm It's absolutely just hopping mad. We cluelessly bundle around. I hope not. I'm really trying very hard to take good notes. Now, Melian's not that smart, so I consistently, like, just do dumb things. I play a character who canonically doesn't pay attention to anything, so I don't have to take notes. Except for the bits that I do. 